1: Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab.
2: Get it delivered to your door via Deliveroo or Uber Eats. Hello, welcome to Football Social Daily from Sports Social, the Premier League podcast keeping you in the loop with all the goings-on in the English top flight. Thanks for downloading the show. If you're new around here, why not hit subscribe if you like what you hear and you won't miss another episode again. Now, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you'll know that we often like to have a bit of fun from time to time, so today's episode of Football Social Daily, we're going to do exactly that. Now, the Premier League's currently suspended due to the coronavirus outbreak, but... Had that not have happened, the dust would have been settling on the final day of the season where the title, European places and relegation would all have been decided. But of course, that is not the case. So we've decided to take it upon ourselves to discuss what might have been on today's podcast. Top scorer, Premier League manager of the season. We'll discuss the lot and alongside me to do it, we've got Marley Anderson and Ant McGinley. Hello, boys. Hello. Hello. And so I heard on the old grapevine that you've turned your hand
3: to wrestling during this lockdown period. Is that right? Surely not. Uh, Well, you know, the thing is, uh, this is the time when people have a lot more time on their hands and they discover new uh, skills and abilities. And most people go to the kitchen and I've gone into the squared circle.
2: You must have a wrestling nickname. Surely you can't start a wrestling career without going
3: in there with a with a top drawer nickname. See, you're showing off how much wrestling knowledge you've got there. I am, in fact, indeed, henceforth, uh, and for the rest of my career, will be ever known as the Ginger Ninja.
2: The Ginger Ninja. (laughs) Very good. Well, hopefully uh, you get plenty of success in the squared circle and you pick up a few titles along the way. That's what Liverpool would have been hoping to do this season. Let's get cracking. This is the Premier League What Might Have Been podcast. Lots of gaps for us to fill in, but... As I've just mentioned, not really at the top, because when the league was suspended, Liverpool were 25 points clear in the title race. That's if you can call it a race. I think it's looked pretty certain that Liverpool were going to win their first league title in 30 years for absolutely ages. Now, everyone knew that it was going to happen. But of course, it hasn't happened yet due to this suspension of the Premier League. So let's presume that this never happened and the season continued as normal Marley, for me, I can see no other outcome than Liverpool lifting that Premier League trophy.
4: Yeah, I think I think they just about held on um, <laughs> with that with that slight lead. You know, I mean, tw- obviously twenty five points. How many how many more games did they need to win? Was it one or I two? Think two. Um, but nothing really. Two. I mean, to be honest, if this whole thing, I'm just glad that. Um, Liverpool haven't had the chance to spend their last day of the season at Newcastle because that was their last game of the season at St James's Park, and it was it was gonna be one of them where all the away fans overtake the entire thing. They would have brought thousands up to line the streets and what have you, and it would have been a nightmare to police and everything like that. So I'm just happy that Liverpool would have won it long before then. And with this with this current uh, situation as it is, the fans wouldn't have been allowed anyway. So. Um, they clearly would have held on, though, wouldn't they? I mean, twenty twenty-five points, which would have been twenty-two if Man City had won their their game in hand. Um, one defeat all season. I very much doubt Liverpool, who love a they love a collapse. However, <laughs> this this would make Newcastle's collapse in ninety-five, ninety-six look like a drop in the ocean compared to something like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna stick my neck out and say Liverpool would have uh, would have just about held on to the title, probably by a good. points I would say
2: It would have been a collapse of Jenga-esque proportions to be honest I mean one brick comes out and the whole thing comes tumbling down I couldn't see Liverpool slipping up I mean they're probably not going to and it looks likely that we're going to get football again in the next few weeks uh, perhaps so Liverpool probably will end up clinching the title but interestingly enough, and you're a Manchester City fan and you were Liverpool's closest contenders. Well, it was a toss-up between you and Leicester for a long while. Um, You've Surely you're not going to go down the controversial route as a City fan and say City would have made up the 25-point gap?
3: You, when you use the word closest there, that's closest in the sense that I'm as close to being in WrestleMania. <laughs> um, There's quite a long way off. And um, I have to say, despite being dyed-in-the-wool uh, Man City fan my entire life and having really enjoyed and relished what the last 12 years particularly have brought to us as a club and as a fan and the, the change that we've seen in terms of the players and the style of playing, the, the, the staff and the owners that have come in. Um, I About 18 months ago, two years ago, I started to get really frightened of Liverpool because I could see what was happening. And... Uh, my worst fears came true, but at the same time, a little bit like a roller coaster, I've really enjoyed those fears because what what we've seen from Liverpool has really thrilled me. Like the the way that they've played, the the style. It's it's almost like they saw what Man City did and just did that classic meme, hold my beer, and just came and took yeah. it to the next level and. You know, I, as as much as this may upset some of my uh, fellow uh, fans at the Etihad, I've really enjoyed seeing Liverpool um, this season. I've not enjoyed it when we've been up against them for the last couple of seasons because we've not done particularly well, but uh, th- they've been superb. And I, I just my biggest disappointment about um, everything around the the coronavirus within sport, just to put that context in there, um, is that whatever way this plays out, it's going to feel hollow in some way because we're not going to get to that uh, championship lifting the trophy at St. James's Park or wherever that would be. That's not going to happen. There's not going to be that parade through the streets. Um, and when there is that parade, I'm sure that something will happen at some point. So much time will have passed. And I I know what it feels like to be in a crowd of people Celebrating that open top bus tour. I mean, we, we were both there in the centre of Manchester um, at this time last year, celebrating that. And um, it's I I just think it's sad for the city. It's sad for the club. It's sad for the players. But you're right. There's no, there was no other way. It was it, it was going to go down any other way. And we were all completely surprised by the Watford defeat. But that is not even a blot on the copybook. It's not gonna block the 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 way they played as a team, was superb. Um, yeah, nailed on, nailed on. That's all I can say. There's no way
2: that Liverpool were gonna succumb that lead, Marley. Absolutely no chance. If the season were to have continued in normal vein, so to speak. However, I've been, someone said before, we've had a reviewer say that I despise Liverpool and I hate Liverpool. Now, as tedious as their supporters on social media can be, as Ant says, you can't deny that Liverpool deserved the title. I mean, they found a way to win, whether it be some people say through VAR, some people say through luck. But the majority of games they've had, they found a way to win and they've deserved the victories in pretty much most of their games. And you know, the table doesn't lie, to use the old cliche that we've both used on the show before. They deserve the title, don't they?
4: Yeah, of course they do. Um, I don't think... I'm struggling to think of any... Any games where I thought they've been lucky, there they've they've been they genuinely shouldn't have won that game. Um, I've
2: got one Sheffield United where Dean Henderson let the ball through his legs, but they weren't losing that oh, game. That was yeah. that was nil nil until late on. So I mean that would have cost them two points, which lo and behold means that they owed him would have been twenty three points clear at the top. So do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think any games they were losing. I mean there was a couple where they I think there was one they came back to three two, but I can't remember who who that was against. But the only one that really sticks out in my mind was that was the Dean Henderson one.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's been there's been a few decisions, haven't there? I think um in the grand scheme of things though, you don't really you just can't hold anyone else close to them because if they didn't deserve it who did? I mean, Man City have been way off what they were last season compared to compared to this season once they lost um company and didn't really solve the left back issue and had a couple of new players to bed in, so I mean, once you once you take them out of the mix as well, no one else has even been anywhere near to what you would describe as genuine title challenges. And then added onto that, Liverpool have been absolutely amazing. Um, probably not a, not played as good good football as, as last year, but have had that steel and and that mentality you need to to uh, to get results over the line and grind out a few results when they need to, and they're not playing quite as well. Um, so, yeah I mean, it's just they've absolutely walked it, and as as insufferable as their fans can be sometimes on <laughs> on social media, you kind of um like, you you, just, you can't argue with it, can you i mean their their team's been the best like it's been thirty years they've had to wait um to get a league title, but it's amazing for their fans to finally see them clinch it and uh albeit in these these weird circumstances where there might be. You know, the, every other fan base will probably say, "Well, there'll be an asterisk over that uh, Premier League season forever," and there probably will be. But Liverpool are in such a such a way that they could go on and, and win it next season as well, and they'll be hoping to do that. And I think when when we do restart, like for good kind of thing, will um, they'll be just as hungry to go and win it almost properly without this whole delay and stuff and win it again just to prove the doubters it wrong even more and, and um really rub it in the people that that really didn't want them to win the league and um but we are going to have to get through that that uh storm of of liverpool fans who just w- will not shut up forever um you know when this when they finally do get their hands on that trophy cuz They're bad enough when they win the Champions League, so never mind what they're going to be like when they win the actual English League and they can talk to English fans about how good their side is for the next decade or wherever. So, yeah, we've got that to come.
2: Yeah, I mean, Liverpool deserve utmost respect and credit for what they've achieved. But when I see some people on social media saying that Virgil van Dijk is the best defender to ever have lived on planet Earth, I just think sometimes, come on, boys surely you don't believe that yourself but never mind i think we're all in unanimous agreement that liverpool will have won the premier league so in the what might have been stakes top spot in the premier league from us here at football social daily of course goes to liverpool now on that front ants do you think jürgen klopp the liverpool boss who's won an unbelievable four or five manager of the month awards this season before the campaign was suspended do you think jürgen klopp would have been a shoe in for manager of the season
3: because, for me, he's got some notable contenders. What do you reckon? So, interesting, the question you've asked me, do you think he would have? Uh, yes, I think he would have. Do I think he should have? No. Um, I think he would have because the way these things go is they often just give it to the winning team coach. Uh, but that's not always the best decision. Now, don't get me wrong, you're going to be hard-pressed to put a case against Jurgen Klopp. In fact, I'd say you'd have to be an idiot to argue against him um, winning it, which is exactly what I'm about to do. Uh, Not just because of his success on the pitch, but he's just a really likeable guy. Out of every manager in the Premier League and, and even further afield, I think he is the one that you would like to go for a pint with, that you would like to have at your birthday party, at your wedding. It's the one you'd probably marry. And uh, as well as what he's done, and he's done some genius stuff on the football pitch, and he's handled some situations so well, even through this whole um, coronavirus crisis that we're experiencing, where a lot of people have said some really stupid and thoughtless things, he's been really clear. and, And he said, look, you know, football's not important. This needs to be taken care of. And that's had a big influence on people. Now, all that said... I'm going to put my money somewhere else and based on who I'm predicting to stay up um, and so it would be conditional for that I would put forward Nigel Pearson for manager of the season
2: Nigel Pearson wow that is a rogue shout that is a rogue shout Marley because for me the two contenders to Jurgen Klopp's uh, possible manager of the season crown were Brendan Rodgers at Leicester because Leicester I think have been excellent this season I mean It looks like, I mean, for me, if I was doing my Champions League predictions and we'll come on to that shortly, Leicester City would be up there in the top four. So for them to even have been in with a shout of being in the top two of the Premier League this season deserves credit. And of course, Chris Wilder um, at Sheffield United, who many tipped to go down at the start of the season and now look like they're going to finish comfortably in the top 10. Rodgers and Wilder, for me, would be the contenders to Jurgen Klopp and
4: has gone left field with his Nigel Pearson shout. Massively. Uh, I didn't expect to see Nigel Pearson's uh, name get thrown up there I mean uh, it depends on whether Watford survive and even if they do survive I think they always should have survived so I I don't think Nigel Pearson should be in that mix to be honest Um, but yeah I mean you you mentioned his name, for me it would be Chris Wilder I don't really mind what I don't really care what happens with uh, Klopp because Liverpool were always capable of winning the title. It just like it they've they've done what they should do, as in they should be in the top two, and it's not really a surprise if they win it. Um, whereas Sheffield United were tipped to go down by pretty much everyone. They have no real standout stars who you mm-hmm. thought, well, he's gonna be, he's gonna be a real player in the Premier League, and they've had that proper team mentality, and they're currently seventh in the Premier League with ten games to go, so. I don't think you can look past him I mean they're above Tottenham they're above Arsenal Everton Newcastle Southampton all these all these big clubs that they're just absolutely leaving in their wake I mean Watford have been a Premier League team for how, how many years now Five, four, five four five years something like that and they're fighting relegation and Sheffield United aren't and everyone's going to Bramall Lane and not coming away with much and they're not scoring many goals but they're not conceding many I think they've there's only one team in the league that's conceded less, and that's uh, that's Liverpool. So if you look at that, I mean, that is ridiculous to do. It's a hell of an achievement by Chris Wilder. And if you look back at his um, his career, he's never failed anywhere he's been in the lower leagues. He's done well with uh, Oxford. He was at Halifax for a little while, uh, way down in, in non-league a few years back. And then he got his, his dream job, Northampton as well, yeah. Um, Sheffield United is, is his his club, it's his, his local local bloke which is always nice as well to see local guys doing well at their their clubs um, and he's, he's absolutely smashed the job, I mean the test is to stay there as much as possible and take Sheffield United to the next level but when you sign in £25 million midfielders like Sander Berger who was wanted by a lot of Europe's top clubs and you're attracting him to Sheffield United the, the foundations are in place there for him to build a a genuine proper Premier League side and, and build them for the next 10 years. So I think that achievement alone would be enough to give Wilder the um, the manager of the season gong this uh, this year, whenever it gets handed out.
3: In my case is based on the fact that it is manager of the season. So you're looking at the season that you've got. And uh, yes, I, I think you're right. I think Wilder is, is definitely and should by all means be up there because I think a lot of this is down to what the... The way I see it should be is not just about what you've won, because some people would argue you can go and buy the league, those kinds of things. Um, but it's what you've been able to do with the resources that you've got. And Wilder has done an undeniable job completely. However, I was one of the people that did, did say they would do well. I had them to come top 10. And uh, uh, that's well, if the season finishes, that's a nice little payout for me. On the other side of things, where Watford were they had two managers gone already before Pearson came in even before Pearson had uh, come in, they were dead and gone, for for Watford to stay up, it would be the equivalent, from the position they were in, it would be the equivalent of Liverpool throwing away the title
2: No, 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 surely not You think so? I think there was always one or two wins in it down there in the in the relegation zone and I do think that you know, when Troy Deeney came back from injury, I think that was a big boost mm. for uh, for Watford. Then, so I think maybe Deeney should get more of the credit than Pearson.
3: But then De- Deeney does have that wonderful statistic from playing—was it four different managers in the same season uh, at the same club and in four successive games because his injuries were so bad and and various uh, managers that he had. I think I think the thing is that there, there was a lot of momentum that you can put to Liverpool, obviously, because they've been building for a few years. Sheffield United with Chris Wilder, he did so well in the Championship last season and before that as well. They've built that momentum. Whereas what you're looking at is in terms of, this is not about the team, it's about the manager and the job that the manager has done. And that is why I'm going for Pearson, because he's transformed that. Four, you know, Three other people were unable to do that with Watford, who were an FA Cup final team last, this time last year, remember. And... Arguably, that's when they started to drop and go downhill because they had a terrible six months after that. But in terms of manager of the season, what he's done, and 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 it's not the first time he's done this. A lot of the credit for Leicester's success in 2016 goes to what Pearson did then. He's not the most likable character, but it's not a popularity contest. It's in terms of what they've done to that team.
2: He'll just call you an ostrich if he doesn't like you. he just say, you are an ostrich. Um, Were you the, the journalist?
3: Only... Were you the journalist he called? I wasn't. No, I wish
2: I was. Can you imagine? That would be the perfect Twitter bio. Nigel Pearson <laughs> once called me an ostrich and said my head was buried in the sand. It would be brilliant. Well, Ants nailed his colours to the mast there, Marley, for Nigel Pearson. Yet again, he's, he's bringing some points to the table, saying that Nigel Pearson, uh, keeping Watford up, is the equivalent of Liverpool throwing away the 25-point lead. I'm not so sure that's the case. Personally, um, for me, it's hard to look past Wilder or Rogers. But we're going to need to make a decision between us. I don't think Ant is going to budge from Nigel Pearson. Jurgen Klopp might actually get overlooked in this situation, unbelievably. So, come on, who are you rooting for, Marley? Out of the names we've mentioned, who's going to be your your solid
4: choice for manager of the season? Uh, yeah, for me, it's it's got to be it's got to be um, Chris Wilder at Sheffield United. I think I don't think anyone's done what he's done. Um, at this level for a long time and for him to do it this year as well when the league's very very competitive and all the rest of it uh, with a small budget and everything like that i think i think he gets it for me so i'm i'm sticking with uh, with chris wilder
2: alright cool well I'll go with Chris Wilder again I can't believe we've decided between Chris Wilder and Nigel Pearson as our manager of the season I just never <laughs> hey, thought you we'd... can't say
3: we're towing the line you can't say we're towing the line with any other we're individual we have our opinions I, and I'll say I'm happy with Chris Wilder getting that.
2: exactly and that's the reason it's called the what might have been podcast because you can't argue with us because it hasn't actually happened no one knows what the true outcome is that's why we're doing it on this episode of Football Social Daily and we'll have more predictions of what might have been after this
1: Football Social Daily with German Donner Kebab. Kebabs done right and delivered right to you via Uber Eats & Deliveroo. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode.
2: Welcome back to Football Social Daily from Sports Social, the Premier League podcast, keeping you up to date with all the latest goings on in the English Premier League. But for this edition of the show, we'll be looking across what might have been in the top division of English football this season. Of course, the season's been suspended due to coronavirus. So we thought, seeing as it was due to be the last weekend of the season and everything has already been decided... If things had carried on as normal, we thought we'd fill in the gaps for you and come up with our predictions of who's going to win the league, who's going to be manager of the season, who's going to finish in the Champions League spots. And it's the Champions League spots where we find ourselves now because we've decided between us Liverpool would have won the title. For me, two of them are easy to get and I still think Leicester and Manchester City would be uh, two and three in whichever order you choose. I think it's the fourth spot which I'm struggling to, uh, to figure out who goes there.
3: What about you? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Um, see, Chelsea are the, the the one in question when it comes to who's going to get that fourth spot. And when you look at the games that Chelsea had left, they have it tough because uh, not only are they up against Sheffield United and Wolves, who are sniffing around, not just for Europa League, but potentially any slip-up and, and take that fourth place. Um, they also had Liverpool... Uh, and then down the other end of the table, there were scraps against Villa and Watford and West Ham who are all fighting for their life in terms of uh, Premier League survival. So I think from that point of view, Chelsea, in, in no way can you say that they are guaranteed to get that fourth spot. Uh, Manchester United, they've been so up and down. Uh, so I... Actually, where I would go with this, and also I not just because um, I'm a Man City fan and I don't want to see United get there, but I, I would love to see Wolves sneak it. And I could see that happening as well. They've done so well. And, you know, they've done the double over City this, time, this, this season. They finally got the best out of Adama Traore, who's just been... A revelation this season. We always knew he was fast. He was kind of underused in previous seasons, but this season he's really come alive and made a, a difference. He's it, it, almost taken over the uh, White Stripe song, which was the Kevin De Bruyne song. It's almost become now more synonymous with the Dama Triori, which is uh, something impressive. And Wolves have managed to do this and succeed in the Europa League. They've managed to keep going, which suggests that. You know, the, the club is set up and looking for that Champions League and moving towards that, even though we don't necessarily think of them. You know, because it's only two seasons ago, they were in the just coming up from the Championship. Uh, so I think in terms of who's in and around them, Chelsea have a, a tough run in. Manchester United have been too inconsistent. I don't think Sheffield United or Spurs have got the, the legs in them to get there. So I would put fourth place down to being Wolverhampton Wanderers. Nine games to go. Five points off Chelsea. That's cool. that's where I'm going. Wow. Okay. Another. Another hot
2: take from Ant McGinley there in uh, his predictions for the the rest of the top four. I think we've, well, we have all agreed that Liverpool will win the title. Um, I think we're all pretty much unanimous in agreement that Manchester City uh, would finish in the top four. And I think Leicester too, I don't think that takes much arguing for me. Uh, Although their form certainly has taken a dip since Christmas, I still think Leicester had enough and a big enough of a points cushion to remain in the Champions League spots. So for me, can't see Manchester City or Leicester slipping out of the top four, I mean, Wolves, Marley, I mean, it's not the most outrageous of shouts when you see Chelsea's running, as Ant says, but I'm still struggling to decide um, who fourth place goes to. A Manchester
4: United perhaps being overlooked here? Uh, possibly, yeah. I mean, I'm looking looking at this, it's very tight, isn't it, in there. Um, I've, I've, the thing is, Man United are on a great run of form, but we know that they're just up and down, like we know that, if if they go back to the times where Bruno Fernandes wasn't in the team, for example, if he got injured, then the the it's such a blow to them. Like he's completely transformed the team since January. Um, everything's going through him. And to be honest, if the season restarts now, they've also got Rashford and Pogba back. So if if you were, if you were saying what would happen when it when it starts again, Man United would be hot favourites to uh, to catch Chelsea and possibly even Leicester who were were on a poor run um of only one win in the last five before the league got uh, got suspended but if it hadn't have been suspended then man united still wouldn't have had uh, rashford for example um bruno was was playing very very well um and i i think I, I think leicester could have got caught you know i just think with their form dropping off like since they since the turn of um the new year They've been poor. They've, they've they were neck and neck with Man City, chasing well, not chasing Liverpool, but they, they were the next in the pack. Now they're four points behind, having played a game more. So they've completely they have blew that. Um, Vardy had his had his injury worries and, and what have you. So I just think they were they were heading the wrong way when when Chelsea and Man United were heading the right way. So maybe they could have um, they they probably would have been caught, in my opinion. Um and they they might have finished uh fifth and almost finished third in a in a, a three horse race with Chelsea and Man United for that uh, for those final two spots in the uh, in the Champions League. So I I'd, I'd probably go for Chelsea I think Chelsea and Man United would have been like literally neck and neck, like goal difference style. I think they would have been the same uh maybe maybe a point or two at most. Um and I think they'd have both edged Leicester. I think Leicester would have came 5th and Chelsea and United would have overtaken them providing Bruno had stayed fit which he well he, for the sake of argument you would say he would he would have because he wasn't injured before before the suspension of the league so you'd have to say maybe you know he would he would stay fit and stay playing well so maybe maybe man united for me um in the fourth spot and chelsea in the third spot and ch- and uh, Leicester down in 5th with uh, Wolves, I think Wolves would have been too, still a little bit too fighting uh, on the on the Europa League front, um, a little bit uh, more than uh, than going for that top fourth place, um, potentially trying to win the Europa League. Who, who knows what, what would have happened there? Um, and then lower than that, you've got Sheffield United and Spurs and Arsenal and what have you, and they'll have to go again next season to try and close that gap. But for me, I think Chelsea third... Um, Man United 4th and Leicester
2: 5th. Interesting, interesting selections. Contrasting ant selections certainly who picked Wolves to finish uh, in the top four along with Liverpool, Manchester City and Leicester City. Right then, will it be as contentious down the bottom end of the table? Now Ant, you've already revealed that you think Watford are going to stay up. You think Nigel Pearson is going to be the man to pull off the great escape and keep Watford in the Premier League for another season. So in that case, who's replacing Watford in the bottom three? Who are your three teams to have been relegated from the Premier League this season if things had carried on as normal?
3: So Norwich, which is not controversial. <laughs> People can uh, accept that, definitely. Um, sadly, I think Aston Villa are just going to fall short. Um, and they're not going to make it. And then it's two teams that have I- been... Um, real staples of the Premier League for many seasons and I, and and I, th- th- there's literally not even a, a cigarette paper between the two of them uh, but I see it being between West Ham United and Bournemouth mm. and those are the two teams now in my heart in my heart I would love to see Bournemouth somehow stay up <laughs> you old romantic you are you're a football romantic I know um, and I think i think there would be an absolute riot at west ham with the 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 feelings that have been well documented between the fans and the board and everything that's happened there and the amount of money that's spent been spent and the turnover of managers that they've had and the promises and the the dreams it's a it's a turbulent club completely um so it would be quite entertaining to see wouldn't it if west ham
2: went down the meltdown would be very entertaining to watch no less from jim well yeah our um, boss let alone any of the other (laughs) west
3: ham fans yeah although you know at the same time i i think it might do them some good because they they would suddenly not be as frustrated they were just going to go it would hurt um but they would get over it and move on and, and move forward um i really like that we have a team in the premier league um with a ground that only holds like is it 12,000 11,000 yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's it's it, the, the cherries they've got is a beautiful uh, little stadium that they've got down there it's a great club they've done a lot um, and I, I don't think I've heard people talk about them maybe outstaying they're welcome Eddie Howe has changed this season he's really changed you see the stress that he's under he doesn't look as young he doesn't look as dashing the hair's not quite as perfect when he's been doing the post-match press conferences. Um, the question is, is do they have enough to get through? And if it comes down to between West Ham United and AFC Bournemouth, nine games left, same points, uh, slightly better goal difference for West Ham in that respect. With with what, what what they've got to go through and what they've got to do to get through that, it's at this point when it's the team that is most important. And so for that reason, I would say that Bournemouth would actually stay up because West Ham do not feel... Like a team. They have some great players. They have a core of great players. But they've been so chopped and changed. I I don't see them. It's just gone from bad to worse. And so I would say West Ham to go down
2: i mean i've seen west ham in the flesh a couple of times this season and the times i have seen them albeit it was before the turn of the year so i haven't seen them post christmas but the times i did see them i just thought some of these players look like they've never even met their teammates and it was the first time they were playing together let alone being part of a squad for six seven months in pre-season and, and all through the rest of it trying to get some results together um Marley, would you go along with that? I think for me, Norwich are definitely nailed on to be relegated this season, unfortunately for them. So I think we can all agree that Norwich City are going down unless you've got a wild take on them possibly staying up.
4: Uh, yeah, I think Norwich are going down. Um, I also would would asterisk that as I think they're the best bottom of the league side I've ever seen in terms of the way they play and, and everything like that. They, they, they try and play properly. Um, they've had some great results. They beat Man City, um, they beat Leicester, uh, recently, they absolutely hammered Newcastle on the, the second day of the season, which was depressing for for me to watch. But they were they were uh, very good, um, and I think I think they'll actually finish above Villa. I think Villa are woeful, I really do, um, and I would actually, I'd love I'd love Norwich not to finish bottom, um, just because I don't think they deserve to finish bottom. The, the results and the performances they've put on, they're an inexperienced side with not many. Big big players in terms of names and, and and wages and what have you, and I think them fighting against Aston Villa and Aston Villa have spent a lot of money and got nowhere really, um, in terms of what they've actually got for their money. They haven't got too much, uh, you know. Wesley, the striker, was a lot of money. He's only scored three or four goals. Grealish has obviously been amazing, um, but he's he's pretty much a one-man team. If you can stop Grealish, you beat Aston Villa nine times out of ten, don't you? So. Um, it's obviously between them two for the bottom two places, but the other one—I mean, you're, you're probably looking at one from three, aren't you? West Ham, Watford, and Bournemouth. Um, poss- possibly Brighton could get sucked into it, but they've got a much better goal difference, so they're they're probably looking at being three points above West Ham and, and Watford and Bournemouth rather than two. Um, when you take that into account, um, I was just looking at the fixtures and what I what I would say is that I think Bournemouth's um, Bournemouth's run of games that they've still got to play is harder than West Ham's um, so I mean looking at looking at Bournemouth um, their home games they've got Leicester Spurs Newcastle Southampton and Crystal Palace so if you're looking at games they can realistically win you they've got three three chances there against Southampton Newcastle and Crystal Palace um, and then they've got you know they've got an away game at Everton. They've got an away game at Man United and Man City. So their goal difference is going to take a whack there because the way Bournemouth play, they get picked off five or six by Man City every year, and they never change. And this is the one thing for me why Bournemouth are down there. It's because as good as good as they play, they play nice football. They keep it on the floor and they try and play properly, if 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 that's what you want to call it. Um, They've just never learned another way to to grind out results and to to be hard to beat. I think if they if you play them at football, they probably sort of they probably punch above their weight a bit. So when they go away to Arsenal and they go away to Man City and they go away to anyone pretty much, they they try and play their way and it it doesn't always work. Sometimes they it works and they win three or four 0 but then nine times out of ten they t- tend to lose that game and... If you're backing them, you're playing. If you look at the likes of Burnley, Burnley are tenth in the league and they play the ugliest football in the league, and it's just because that works for them and it, it's hard to beat. I don't think Bournemouth are hard to beat. You've just got to be better at the sum of their parts. Like Bournemouth, just they just haven't got a second way of playing. I think that's why they're in trouble. Um, however, I do like how they. Were, it's a bit of a contradiction because I do like what they're trying to do. I just don't think it, it always works for the Premier League and I think that's where Eddie Eddie Howe's um the questions over him remain for me because if you're in charge of a, a football team for I think they've been in the Premier League for for 5 years now Bournemouth and they've never had that. They've never he's never worked out a way to make them better each year. It's like they they show signs of getting better and then they don't they don't do it. And I don't quite know what that is, so maybe, maybe their time's up. Maybe it's it's caught up with them a little bit, uh, a little bit quickly, quicker than they than they hoped. Um, so maybe Bournemouth. I'm 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 probably predicting Bournemouth to go down. To be honest, with the with uh, Villa and Norwich, um, I think West Ham. I was looking at West Ham's fixtures, and they've got for me they've got a better chance of surviving because they've got home games against uh, Aston Villa. Burnley and Watford I mean if you're in a relegation battle with 10 games to go you want the teams around you you want to be playing them because it's almost like a shootout it's a a genuine six pointer so if you've got Watford you know that you've got to win that match it's simple as that you're not looking at other results because you know that if you beat the team in front of you they're going to be three points behind you and and you've got the momentum and all that kind of thing so looking at Watford that's a genuine chance for them to win a game um, at home They've got Burnley, who obviously are tough, but they're not, they're not amazing, are they? Um, and then you've got Villa again, so you've got
3: two six-pointers coming up there. Um, and then you've got away games. Sadly, those are exactly the type of games that you almost expect West Ham to, to disappoint you with when, when they come up against them. But I've just suddenly realised <laughs> as well that we could be in a situation where two of the three relegated sides have had victories over the top two which would be incredible. I, I can't remember that happening before because obviously Watford, the only team to beat Liverpool as the season stands and that incredible victory at Carrow Road, uh, over Man City for uh, Daniel Farkside. Mm.
2: Well, Norwich are going to die on the sword, aren't they? I think that, you know, like Marley says, they've, they've been attractive to watch but they haven't changed their style and I think they've not really adapted to Premier League football so that's why they find themselves down there. For me, I, I can't see Watford. I, I just think Watford's crowning glory, there. Their moment of the season was beating Liverpool. And I think they they lost their next game after that, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, I think that that high was already ridden uh, at that moment. And I don't think they utilised that momentum whatsoever. So, for me, I I still think Watford will go down. But you've both chosen Norwich and Aston Villa. So, it's a toss-up between that final relegation place. So, who are we giving it to, guys? Come on. You're going to have to make a decision
3: between you. Bournemouth, West Ham, who's it going to be? I think... I, I think Marley's probably called it right. The the romance has got the better of me, um, but you're right that that run is going to make such a difference. But I, again, I still think there's a chance for 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 Bournemouth, but it looks like that Eddie Howe's time in the Premier League, at least with this team, is over.
4: Yeah, I think just looking at the the fixtures has, has swung it for me. I think I think Bournemouth are a better football inside than Watford, however. I think Watford have got easier games and, and a little bit of momentum uh, instilled in them by um, by Nigel Pearson. And I just think Watford's, uh, uh, sorry, Bournemouth time time could be up, I think. I'd probably pick them, yeah, Watford. Uh, sorry, Bournemouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he's changed
2: his mind again. <laughs> um, so then, on the What Might Have Been Football Social Daily podcast, our relegated team's no more Norwich, Adios Aston Villa and bye-bye Bournemouth. Those are the teams that will be relegated from the Premier League. Right then, a couple more to get through. Firstly, I want to ask you both top goal scorer. Now this is a good one because we've seen it kind of flip-flop between different players a few times this season. Leading the way currently is Jamie Vardy at Leicester City. Now considering he had a big goal drought the other side of Christmas, I think it was his longest goal drought in his professional career actually, over two months without a goal. And yet he's still up there in the goal scoring charts, closely tailed by Pierre-Marie I think Tammy Abraham and Sergio Aguero are also close by. I think it's going to be between those two, isn't it? Vardy and a So, Ant McGinley, who's picking up the golden boot this season?
3: Well, I think a lot of um, Jeremy, the reason for Vardy's there at this point is because he had that run, was it nine, ten games of scoring in every game, breaking the record early in the season, uh, which really pushed him forward. Um, obviously, Leicester have had a great season that's helped as well. I think the um, the interesting thing in this is just in terms of Arsenal as a side and Aubameyang and the way he's played and he's by far the outstanding player in that front line for Arsenal however there's been a lot of question marks over him for a long time and this might be his last season Um, and sometimes you see a little extra performance when somebody's looking for a move away to increase their value uh, which could add a little something in there at the other end you've got Jamie Vardy um, with a team that he's looking to bring back into European competition, back into the Champions League, which was so great to see when we saw Leicester there, fearlessly going through that. Um, so in terms of... So I think it comes down to the players around them that's going to make the difference. And I think uh, Aubameyang's going to score more goals. Vardy's going to be involved in more goals. Uh, we've seen him being a lot more involved in the build-up. Um but I think in terms of performance and opportunities and victories, you've only got nine games left, those opportunities to score. Um, I think because they're, they're playing for more, they're riding high, uh, you're going to go with Leicester, which means I'm going to s- sort of put my eggs in the Jamie Vardy basket to get the golden boot.
2: Well, I'm going with Aubameyang. So, Marley, the deciding vote comes to you. Is it going to be Vardy? Is it going to be Aubameyang or someone else entirely? Um,
4: I um. Am- do you know what? I'm I'm reluctant to not throw Sergio Aguero into the mix. To be honest, <laughs> he's only got th- he's got three three fewer goals than than Vardy. And just looking at the fixtures again, before I mean, Man City have got Bournemouth at home, and I think Aguero could easily bag four four or five in that game by himself. Um, but going back to sticking with um, with either Vardy or Obamiang, I would say Vardy has the better chance of um of hanging on to it he's got a two goal lead so he's got 19 and obamian's got 17 um and what i've always liked about Jamie vardy is he scores against everyone his top six record of of scoring against the big big clubs is insane like he scored somewhat like 25 in 30 or in 30 games against them or something like that over the years since he's been in the premier league and that's that's a, a big plus because there isn't, there literally isn't a team you wouldn't back into score against. Um, I think with Aubameyang, with Arsenal's formation changing slightly in the uh, in the few weeks before the um, before the lockdown hit, uh, Aubameyang was playing from the left of midfield, and I don't think that's his best position for scoring goals. I think he he will still score goals from that position, but not enough to uh, to make up a two goal deficit on Vardy. Um, so I would I would back Vardy to uh, to stick with his uh, his golden boot and and stick that in his uh, in his um, trophy cabinet at the age of I think he's 32 now so it's not a bad way not a bit not a bad way to celebrate getting into your 30s by still proving that you're one of the hottest strikers in the uh, in the league so yeah I'd, I'd stick
3: with Vardy for me. Can I, can I just just back up what you said about Sergio being an outside bet? He is of course I don't know if you've seen this recently and it's something we've known for a while as city fans, but he is he is the record for the highest ratio of goals per minute. Uh, um 107 minutes for every goal. Now that's sort of uh, slightly to do with the fact that he's had a lot of trouble with hamstrings he's also been involved in two car crashes and so he's not been two months
2: off every season (laughs) yeah Yeah. every season he just gives himself two months off through injury yeah he did
3: as well like last season he was in amsterdam and was in a taxi that was in a car crash there was another little bump earlier this year as well uh so I, i don't know if he was in driving in one of those or not but he's not the best look in that situation but he's very rarely had the consistency of a season um to play in every single game but his record's amazing when you look at the amount of goals uh, that he scored. He's up to 164 goals in, in the Premier League now. That's over eight seasons. So he is definitely going to be with us for one more season, I think. But uh, I think Marley's right. In terms of like a, a late surge for the outside bet, the only problem with that is... Um, what do Man City have to play for at this point point?
2: Mm. and he's only 100 goals behind Alan Shearer just to keep Marley happy <laughs> um, you have to mention that uh, anyway our top goal scorer award goes to Jamie Vardy on the What Might Have Been podcast which means that there is just one section left to fill out and that is the Europa League Spots this season, five, six, seven. Now, the Europa League this season has been uh, interesting. If you're a Premier League supporter, to say the least, because Arsenal were hotly tipped to be successful in the competition, shockingly knocked out by Olympiakos. Wolves have been fighting on the European front since July. They had to qualify in the first place and now they look like they might have a good chance to go deep into the competition. And of course Manchester United keep getting those favourable draws and who could look past a a club with Manchester United's prestige and calibre in European competition. But will it be the same clubs finishing in the European spots this season? Because... We've seen Arsenal struggle this campaign. Unai Emery was sacked. Mikel Arteta was brought in. Wolverhampton Wanderers, they seem to be doing well on both fronts, both in the Europa League and qualifying for the Europa League again for another season. Uh, and Manchester United also look like they might be uh, be surging up the table. However, that leaves clubs like Spurs out of the mix. It's going to be a tough one, this. Europa League spots, Marley. I mean, you've already mentioned that you think Leicester might finish fifth. So who's filling out the other two spots?
4: Um, Providing there's... <laughs> Two, there should be two spots, shouldn't they? It depends on who wins the FA Cup. If there's a, if there's an extra spot, isn't there? Um I'd probably go for Leicester. I think Wolves will. I don't think Wolves will drop off too much. So I think they'll they'll probably secure one. Um If there's another one, that's hard, isn't it? It's between Arsenal, Spurs. It it is hard because Spurs were so bad, weren't they, before? Just before the. uh the lockdown and everything happened, I think Spurs were awful. So if you're looking at where they are, but then again, Harry Kane's back now. So if it does resume, you'd probably uh, fancy them a little bit more. But for the sake of what we're we're talking about, we've got to assume Kane was injured. So I wouldn't have backed Spurs at all. Um, Arsenal, it's Arsenal and Sheffield United for me. I think, I think again, it would have been close. I mean, one point or goal difference or something. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, God, they've played the same amount of games and everything. Three points in it. Toss a coin, Marley. i will probably go for Arsenal. I don't know why. I have no idea why. Um, just with Sheffield United's lack of goals, maybe that that might have uh, might have hindered them slightly. I think Arsenal, the goal difference is is very similar. So, if you're talking a lack of goals, I think Arsenal are more capable of putting three or four past a team um, in the remaining uh, ten games than sheffield united so maybe if it did come down to, to that close i think arsenal would have overtaken them um although what what a story it would have been if sheffield united have, would have held on to it so i'd pick arsenal if if i'm hard pushed which i which let's assume i am being it's uh it, i'd pick arsenal
2: well we've given chris Wilder a manager of the season award um i think certainly he'd be even in with even more of a shout if Sheffield United do finish in the Europa spots. For me, I think the prediction that that you made Ant of them finishing top 10 is accurate, but I just can't see them sliding into the Europa League spots. I mean, I think one of your Europa
3: teams, Ant, would be Chelsea. So, I mean, who's making up the others? Well, I think the the, the interesting thing about this is, as Molly said, depends on who wins the FA Cup. And remember as well, at this stage, um, Manchester City are going to be banned from European competition. Um, So that means... I think that means that they're going to drop down the places. So potentially Arsenal could already be in Europa League qualification. Um, I think Sheffield United um, getting that could be would would be an amazing thing to have. Uh, There are these things where you say, well, maybe they've got it too soon. Obviously, we've seen previously that uh, Burnley, you know, got the Europa League and didn't really want it because of the impact that it had on their season. I don't think that Chris Wilder or the Blades fans would approach it that way. um, <clears throat> As it stands at the minute, just ahead of them are Wolverhampton Wanderers. And uh, you did say, who could overlook Manchester United? Well, I'm your man for doing that. <laughs> um, but, I mean, obviously, both those teams are doing very well as it stands. And, and at this stage, we still don't know if we're even going to see the FA Cup or the Europa League or the Champions League played out and, and, and seen through but there there is a potential for one of those English sides to, to go ahead and pick that up which again causes a bit of a headache slash bonus for those teams around Um, so th- there's a couple of questions like who would you like to see and who do you think has got, got it in the locker to get there of course we would all like to see Sheffield United get there I think um, Sheffield United are going to be able to grind it out and they're going to be able to stay around 7th possibly even a 6th place finish which is wonderful, and then it just kind of depends what happens on the table around them and other results in other competitions to whether that would be enough for them to get in. Um, yes, I think Chelsea uh, would be my other team for going in. Um, in terms of the outsiders, <clears throat> I think, yeah, I think Arsenal Arsenal could be back into it, um, but I think Tottenham might just sneak it. They might just have enough with, um, with Mourinho grinding that out. So, yeah, I'd say... I mean, to be honest, it's really confusing the way you think with all this being so up in the air. I've like got seven different teams in my head that could be going through for Europa League. Um, but um, who, who I think might sneak in is Spurs and who I'd really like to see get there is Sheffield United.
4: Sheffield United have got Chelsea, Spurs, Everton and Wolves at home. Okay, so they've got home
2: games in the bank against difficult teams, which might be a bonus to them. So that might help them get into those Europa spots.
3: Plus as well, they're not facing anybody in a relegation battle as well. In terms of their last i mean arguably southampton are very slightly on the edge of it but there's no real scraps going and it's a lot of mid-table games they've got uh, to get through so they do have a favorable run in yeah, to help them. Now, Let perhaps that will sway your decision. I would
2: very much love to see Southampton in the relegation zone, but even me, the most ardent Pompey <laughs> fan, cannot see that happening at this stage, although it looked very, very likely earlier on in the season. Yeah, I don't know. I think Sheffield United will finish outside of the Europa spots. Uh, I think they'll finish probably maybe ninth, I think Manchester United will finish in the Europa League spots, I do. I think Chelsea will finish fourth, that's my prediction. Uh, And I think the other two teams will be Wolverhampton Wanderers and I think Arsenal under Arteta. Um, I think they've only lost one game under Arteta in the Premier League and that was against Chelsea, I think. So I do think that Arsenal will sneak in there. So my Europa spot teams will be Wolves, Manchester United and Arsenal. Which means that we've concluded our What Might Have Been podcast. I mean, is everyone happy with the decisions we've made? Relatively. Probably not not and relatively, which means it's been a resounding success.
4: The only thing that we didn't mention is the fact that Newcastle were nailed on to win the FA Cup. So if we could finish on that and have no arguing, that'd be great. (laughs) Could this be a a more perfect way to end the Mike Ashley era than us doing a prediction of the Premier
2: League table and Newcastle feature in absolutely none of the categories? (laughs) They're not going down. They're not in the Europa League places. No manager of the season and no top goal scorer. Of course, (laughs) Newcastle fit that uh, criteria. Anyway, thanks very much, Marley. Thank you, Ants. Thank you. Thank you. And don't forget to hit subscribe on the podcast as well because when Premier League football is back up and running again in full swing, we'll be in full swing too here on Football Social Daily. We'll be back to our daily schedule. Seven days a week you can get Premier League updates and news and, of course, opinion uh, on your favourite teams, or 20 teams uh, in the Premier League we cover. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Also follow us on social media at The Sports Social on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. But that's it for now and we'll see you on the next podcast.
1: Football social daily with German Doner Kebab. Get it delivered to your door via Deliveroo or Ubreets.
2: Right. Okay. You've listened through the boring end credits. I shouldn't say that really because they've got our sponsors messaging. We love you, German Doner Kebab. But that means you've got to this little Easter eggy bit at the end of the podcast where we discussed what might have been in the Premier League season had it not have been suspended. Now, of course, we don't want to keep you for too long. So we'll try and rattle through this as quick as possible. But just as we went off the podcast, Ant McGinley said, what about goal of the season? What about player of the season? So then Ant, the stage is yours. Goal of the season, player of the season. Who are your contenders? Let everyone know.
3: Well, I just really want to get this in and you could arguably put it in um, for for both categories, the player behind this. He is the most... uh, He's got to be the most tired man in the Premier League and he's the one person... And he's the one person who would have been glad to have this whole furlough bit where everybody's stuck at home, except he didn't get to do that because he had to go back home to South Korea to serve in the Marines. Now, arguably, uh, now I've heard reports that he basically just uh, w- was sat in an office for three weeks, but still, I'm, of course, talking about the Spurs uh, wonder player that Hyung Min Son, and I'm nominating him for this goal, not just because it's a brilliant goal, but when you think about the last couple of seasons that he's had, um, the success that he's had on the field. When when, when Spurs have been without Harry Kane, he's stepped up, he's done brilliantly. He's been consistent for them. He's travelled back and forth to South Korea, been consistent for them. He's had success there. He scored in the World Cup as well. He's just been on fire. I think he's played more games than my Sunday League team. And <laughs> the goal that he scored was not the goal of a man and that i'm putting it forward it was not the goal of a man who is knackered right this is the goal if you remember it uh, from december against burnley where he ran from his own half and it was like one of those video games where all the players on the other team come around you and he manages to outrun them all it's this surging run all the way through and a beautiful finish it is by far my goal of the season not just for the, as visually but when you take it in the context of you're thinking this guy must be knackered he must want to lie down every time somebody passes them the, the ball but he has the heart he has the drive he has the motivation he's a glorious player to watch and it's an amazing goal
2: unfortunately for you marley my goal of the season goes to kevin de bruyne um against newcastle united where like an absolute Rocket. He. I don't know whether he struck it on the half volley. I can't quite remember. I think it was, but it came off his foot at about 400 miles an hour, like a like a space rocket, and smashed the underside of the bar. I mean, Debravka's a good goalkeeper, but even he had no chance with that. So that would be my goal of the season. Kevin De Bruyne at Saint James's Park against Newcastle United, where he chested it down and then just absolutely levered the volley in off the underside of the bar. So for me, De Bruyne takes the crown for goal of the season. You are undoubtedly going to go for a Newcastle player, aren't you? Uh,
4: do you know what? Uh, if you came to me before you said yours, I was going to say De Bruyne because I was thinking about uh, that ridiculous volley score. But now you've nominated it, I feel it's my duty to uh, to nominate a different one. Um, and as anyone who's ever listened to this podcast would uh, would not be surprised by, it, I'm going for another goal that happened at St James's Park, <laughs> which is Matty Longstaff <laughs> against uh, oh, against Man look United. Cool. On his Premier League debut, uh, it's just the things that you absolutely dream of this moment. Um, As he would have went to bed the night before, dreaming of just something, just half a chance, or just to even play well, never mind scoring. But when we we had the counter-attack, I think Almiron played a great ball up, and... um, it ended up getting laid off to long staff in the edge of the box, and you, the whole crowd was just like silent in anticipation. Like, go on, son, smack it! Just give it, a, give it everything you've got, and he just ripped it bottom corner straight past the hair. He had no chance, and it was just one of the moments where you just felt the emotion of this local lad scoring in front of his home fans, fifty-two thousand, um, and it was just it was an amazing moment. Great goal, um, and the the whole the whole sort of action of scoring. That kind of goal in front of your uh, in front of your fans is just amazing. Um, and then he scored against Old uh, against Man United again on Boxing Day in Old Trafford, but we lost that match. So let's not talk about that.
2: Uh, we'll forget about that one. But the goal that Saint James is on his debut certainly uh, will be long remembered by Newcastle fans and by Matty Longstaff himself, of course. So that's Marley's goal of the season. Come on, then, Ant, finish us off who are you going with player of the season please don't oh, say jordan bryan henderson as i've seen a few other people suggest on social media it might well be him um but with a middle name
3: like bryan i don't think i could stomach it i mean he's just would he not just be is it just me or is he the least fashionable player to ever be up for player of the season and i i just <laughs> I, yeah, I i just don't i just don't get it. i mean i i i have respect for the guy i think he's done wonderfully for england and for liverpool but he's just... He's had a great season. Yeah.
2: He's had a great season,
3: but has he had a better
2: season than some of his teammates even? Yeah, that's it. And also
3: as well, like, he's just like... Like, if if, if you're... Put it like this, right? You're playing FIFA and you open the pack of players, right? Uh, what's the noise you elicit when you open and you've got Messi? You go, oh, yes! Right? If you get, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, you're like, all right! If you get Jordan Henderson, you're like, meh. <laughs> and that's that's the problem for me I think uh, he, he he's, he's the new James Milner um, and so I'm going to go for uh, the guy you nominated for a goal this season so he could be on for a double here and it's Kevin De Bruyne and he's on 15 assists that's uh, more than one in two uh, for this season he got 16 last season even with uh, the injuries that he had and 18 the year before now the last time anybody got um three seasons in a row uh with the most assists who was that no idea Henri? no david beckham so wow. this this is this kind of season that he is having and this is also a player who's never won a pfa or any of those awards as well so um i i think this is possibly his best chance of getting player of the season and he, i've seen him shortlisted in a few places he may not get it because the chances are it will go to somebody at liverpool and, and well deserved but i'm gonna put my money behind de bruyne for this one
2: okay so kevin de bruyne wins my goal of the season award he wins ants player of the season award marley come on then who's uh who's getting the award for uh for player of the season
4: this year in the what might have been stakes is it henderson um do you know what i i as, as biased as I usually am, there are literally not, there is not one Newcastle player I could even possibly nominate without bursting out laughing for this, uh, for, <laughs> <De Brafka's laughs> for
3: this award. Dabravka's been alright. has been, yeah, he's
4: been he's been alright. He's, yeah, he's been good, but uh, come on. Compared to De Bruyne and the likes. Do you know what? Yeah. Thinking of Jordan Henderson, I don't even think Jordan Henderson's been the best player called Henderson this season. Because <laughs> Dean Henderson. Dean, Dean Henderson at Sheffield United has been way better in terms of what he's done and what impact he's had on his club. I think Dean Henderson's been way better than Jordan Henderson. I'm going to steal
3: that and tweet. That, <laughs> <laughs> that that's going to that's going to be the little audiogram we do.
4: So what is Dean Henderson on the list for you? Then he would be, but um, I couldn't. I I've got to agree with 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 you. I think De Bruyne has been been the best. I mean, similar to what um to what. Um, Ants just said about uh, you know opening the FIFA packs and what have you. In when you watch a football match, I'm I'm like like happy to watch De Bruyne. Like when De Bruyne is on the field, I want to see him get the ball and I want to see what he does with it because he'll come up with some ridiculous pass or the vision and the the understanding of the game he's got his technique and everything's just like spot on. Jordan Henderson is he's, he's a good player but he's to steal there. Uh, as Dan phrase. is the water carrier of the Liverpool team, isn't he? And I don't think water carriers should win Player of the Year awards, never mind Player of the Premier League award, never mind that. So um, for me, it'd be, it'd be De Bruyne because I just think he's more incisive and he makes his team tick more than more than Henderson does in terms of uh, assists, goals, everything like that. Henderson's got three goals and five assists all year. I don't think that's the type of stats you need to be putting up to win Player of the Player of the season, um, in a league-wide uh, award. So I'd, I'd go with De Bruyne. Um, as much as I'd love to go for Alan, set Maximin or someone like that, I can't do that without, without laughing. So I'd go for Kevin De Bruyne as well. KDB wins the player of the season
2: award here on Football Social Daily we're going to have loads of angry Liverpool fans in our mentions at the sports social on Twitter go on give these boys a bit of abuse if they deserve it from your opinion not even the best player called Henderson Marley says I love it Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast thanks for listening to this little easter egg bit uh, and we'll catch you on the next one